This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's join Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London. Hi, Johnny. Happy Monday. Indeed. It's going to be a very big week, Kurt. Is it not? We've got a lot happening where you are in the United States with the Fed tomorrow. I was interested to see China's latest GDP growth target, which is the lowest in decades. And it certainly highlights the domestic and global challenges that the world's second largest economy still faces. Very much so. This was a very modest growth target of around 5%. And there was hopes that you were going to get a lot more signs that uh, China is going to support the economy. So there was just a, a lackluster um, you know, movement into risky assets following that announcement. This is, um, I think, something that's going to make trading conditions a little bit more difficult here. I think there was a, a tremendous amount of expectations that we were going to get more easing. The property market is, um, I think, you know, as you try to transition your economy into more of a consumer driven, there's problems um, that um, too much of uh, your people are, you know, experiencing significant devaluations with property assets. So this is definitely um, weighing on some investors. And and I think this is a, this is a week where uh, we have so much volatility. We, we have China's uh, growth targets. We have the Fed and two days of uh, back-to-back days of uh, testimony to Congress. And, and um, we have lots of rate decisions. And, and I think this is a market that I think every, every trader is, they're looking at the bond market. <laughs> they're trying to make sense, see exactly what happens here. Is there going to be you know more reasons to anticipate that because everyone's acutely aware of just how sticky uh, inflation can be. Um, you know, are there going to be risks that the Fed will have to do more? I, I think that there's um, a lot of traders here that are a little bit nervous going into this trading week. So we'll, we'll see exactly what happens with the bond market. But I, I think that uh, you're you're probably going to to see that. Um, I think just to to kick off the week, you're not getting a strong signal from China. You know, I think this was around 5% for growth was around the low end of expectations for a lot of traders. We're not seeing that robust reopening from uh, the uh, removal of those COVID zero restrictions. So it's definitely, uh, I think markets are going to uh, look to see what happens later this week. And then also uh, to finish it off, we have that non-farm payroll report. Indeed, the non-farm payroll on Friday and uh, many those watching and waiting for the next interest rate announcement will have a close eye on that. But do you think today's target from China could affect the Fed's forward guidance on rates as well? I think that if China came out with a much more aggressive growth target and they unleashed a lot more stimulus measures, that would have been more inflationary. So I think that China's decision to go about growth this way um, is supporting the the idea that the Fed can stick to just quarter point rises. A lot of people were making the argument that we could see a reacceleration of those rate increases to possibly a half a point, but we're still likely to see a few more quarter point increases and higher for longer will likely last a lot longer. But uh, I, I think this is probably best case scenario for the Fed going into that testimony. This is a market though where 
you know, we're so data dependent, everything will depend on quite a few different uh, variety of indicators. But uh, right now, there's probably expectations. Economy is clearly weakening. If we see a sharper drop off here in the labor market, people are going to quickly go back to those disinflation trend bets. And, um, you know, we'll see we'll see exactly, uh, you know, how how high how much higher risky assets can go but um no i think right now there there's uh there's optimism here that you know the fed is not going to over tighten here depends which day of the week it is doesn't it uh, ed because we've been through the ebbs and flows in recent weeks of hawk versus dove dove versus hawk and uh, here we are again Yes, and and I think that's that's gonna we're we're probably we need three more inflation reports to get a a better sense. You know, or, you know, does CPI really uh, struggle at four percent, or does it really kind of uh, show a clear trajectory to three? Uh, I, I think the signs that the economy is is uh, a lot stronger than a lot of people anticipate are there. Wage pressures will likely remain elevated. Um, so so. Um, I think the Hawks will, in the end, win out here. Um, so we're we're definitely seeing the risks of uh, a much higher peak rate. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like after each month. So so I think you, you know the Fed they, they don't want to you know the risks of uh, tightening too little is is just it's far too great. So I think they're, they're still going to err on the the side of uh, over tightening here, but we're pretty close to pricing that in. So the market is going to try to decide though exactly okay once we're at the peak and then we have lots of earnings growth reductions how do risky assets perform and that's that's going to be the big question mark so we'll see exactly does do stocks make a a run back towards 3800 or possibly lower or do we somehow just grind it out here and 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 stocks don't really provide that that um significant drop that a lot of people were anticipating Okay, let's talk oil now, which is, uh, well, stuck in near-term surplus at the moment. The latest numbers, as far as the oil markets are concerned, Brent is down today, as is WTI, at around 85 and 79, respectively. What is happening at the moment? Well, I think there was a little disappointment with the energy bulls. You know, for the, for a lot of times, you know, we, we seldom talk about specific regional events but uh you know the mpc's decision from china with that growth target that kind of uh had a lot of energy traders hit the sell button to start off the trading week everyone's expecting for oil that china's going to lead the demand uh side this quarter and i think there's a little bit of a uh, cold water being poured on that idea but i think still this is an oil market that we're probably going to see global oil demand is still going to grow year over year um, there's still a, a lack of investment. I think you know the the market was bracing for a very very uh, difficult global energy crisis, and fortunately we had some warm weather. This is a market that's that's going to I think for for probably you know these next couple of months really trade range bound here. There's there's not as a lot of people on the the supply side are you know analyzing. We're seeing some rig counts. We're seeing maintenance effects. Um, there's there's just no major shift that's expected um, as far as you know how the the, the production will unfold. And I, I think that you're probably going to see that the the uh, overall expectation though is that still demand is is going to be rather strong in the second half of the year. So we'll we'll see exactly you know how low oil can go, but 
you know, should WTI find a home above $80 a barrel? I think there's a strong argument that that could happen. And, and you know, could we push higher in the short term? Um, it, it seems that a lot of energy traders are positioning themselves for that. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. But obviously, you know, the fate of the U.S. economy will, will definitely play a big role in that, and that'll determine the dollar. So we'll see exactly, you know, what happens by the end of the week. Okay, finally, Ed, let's talk cryptocurrency and the desire to legislate uh, crypto with uh, forthcoming bills, which look like getting bipartisan backing. That's what many people are assuming was going to happen over the next few weeks and months. It looks like we're going to get a little less regulation than we were anticipating. Now, you know, the situation is fluid here, but we're probably going to see around mid-April, that's when we're expected to see some type of broad crypto framework. And it doesn't seem that there's going to be um, strong support from both sides on everything. Um, So that's why we're getting that kind of uh, skim down version. This is uh, probably going to be viewed as somewhat positive uh, for crypto. <laughs> I think there's there, there's still uh, so much work that needs to be done. There's uh, regulation and enforcement risks that we're, we're still trying to get a sense of how that can be um, applied. Um, but but uh, for, for now, I think you're, you're probably going to see this is a market that this regulatory process is, is going to get dragged out. Uh, but um, it doesn't seem that things are as fearful that we are going to have um, you know, the, the end of stable coins or more extreme stresses come into place. But I, I think obviously whenever you have a major asset class, whenever it has had a key consolidation range, it might take two main key stories or drivers to break out of that range. And, and you know, the, the longer we stay between 21,000 and 25,000, uh, that is going to lead to um, eventually what I think a lot of people are fearing is a, a major breakout. Um, so, you know, that could be to the upside or downside, but it, it seems that on the regulatory path, things are looking better. Okay, Ed, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.